everybody. Welcome to episode 13 of the In the Dome podcast. Today we're taking a look at defenseman Noah Hannafin, taking a deep dive into his career thus far, taking a look at his season last year, and kind of what we expect of him moving forward. This is a bit of a dry one, I'll just warn you. Um, it was, you know, it was a deep dive into some stats and stuff, so um, if you, I think this is for hardcore Flames fans only, if you want to get a look at Noah Hannafin. Just a heads up, the audio does sound a little bit different. We are using a different mic and we are in a really echoey office. We're still kind of just doing this in our spare time whenever we have a chance, so um, bear with us while we kind of work on the quality of the audio and some technical stuff. And yeah, this is a Calgary Flames fan podcast, so um, if you guys have any topics you want to hear us talk about or any ideas at all, we're on Instagram a lot, we're on Twitter a lot. Don't hesitate at all to shoot us a DM or a tweet and let us know what you want us to talk about. All right, enjoy listening to this pod about Noah Hannafin. Here we go. Here we go. Noah Hannafin. Mr. Noah Hannafin. Underrated name. You know what? You're right. That is a... No, I've never even I thought like of that. I name, Noah. Well, I was thinking, like, Hannafin is a oh, hockey Hannafin's name. Oh, Hannafin's a hockey name. Yeah. Hannafin's a good hockey But name. Noah's a good name just because it's, like, one of those hipster names that's, like... You're right. Not super hipster. Obviously, you know what I think of when, when I hear Noah. Noah built the ark? Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Okay. But, yeah, it's you're right. all these, like... It's a hipster name. I didn't know it made you like it because you... Around my parts in small town, Christian school as a yeah as a young guy. And they so all it, they all name their kids like that's what I'm saying. It's one of the few like biblical names that's kind of like amongst like the new the hipster hip. Christians. Well, because David ne- ne- David never like. Well, those are good names like Michael, Angel, David. That's fine. But then now what the cool thing is all these weirdos. Job. I've never. <laughs> <laughs> what about Job? Somebody named their kid Job, but now they do like Zebediah and if Ezekiel any, and like. If there's any Jobs listening and. Uh, Leave a comment down below. I'm naming my kid Job. Actually, literally, I was I posted this on Instagram. I think I'm gonna name my firstborn Jerome. Really? Maybe. I doubt it. All right, Noah yeah, Hannah. In honor of uh, Jerome. Well, no, it could be Jerry Seinfeld and Jerome Inla. It could be Jerome G E double. Could be Jerry. How about, how about Jer- Jerome Jerry Wilson? It's <laughs> a great name. <laughs> okay, back Noah, to the order of business here. Noah Hannafin. Let like the reason why we wanted to do this is because we started out. Um, earlier on in the summer, we're like, this, this Sam Bennett is such an enigma. It's such an anomaly. Like, where does that guy fit in? It was such an interesting topic for us. So we decided to do a deep dive. And it was a fun podcast. Mm-hmm. It feels like it was a pretty popular one. So we're back with another individual who, especially after going through the process, I'm doing the player profile. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you know what? This is another really interesting... It's very similar. A very interesting situation. Well, I think that's how we came about it because we were posting D pairings a couple weeks ago and everyone was like, oh, we love Hannafin. Hannafin's so good. So I was like, is he really that good? So we thought we'd really look into it. Because I've always been... He's drafted fifth overall. I, it, by the way we've talked in the past, it feels like I'm kind of more in the... On, on the side of the fence of the Hannafin yeah. fan club and you're kind of on the other side. I'm on the fence. skeptical side. Yeah, okay. So... Which is good. We'll be able to break all that down, both perspectives today. Um, do you want to start? Or you want me to start? Well, sure. Well, why don't we do what we did last time, and we'll just do like a quick little player profile there. So uh, okay. He was born in when was he born? Ninety seven. I'm so old. January twenty fifth, nineteen ninety seven. So he's twenty three years old. He'll be twenty three. No, he's twenty two. Turning twenty three in January. Sorry. Sorry, you were gonna say that. Is that it? He's twenty two now. Twenty three in January. Twenty two years old. Currently twenty three in January. 
Well, the, the thing, like, I have a couple asterisks. Asterisks. It would help if I could asterisk. say words, eh? Asterisk. I got a couple asterisks on, on my little notes here. Uh-huh. And the guy's played four full 80 game, 80 game yeah. NHL seasons. He played right, he played in his 19 year old season, right out of, right out of, what, Boston College. And so there's a couple little notes I have based on that. I mean, if you look at this guy's player experience, even um, what he was doing prior to, to playing the NHL, he was he was doing all like all the things at a very young age. Yeah. Like here, I got a couple notes here. At age seventeen, he became the youngest player to suit up for Boston College, and then a year later, he became the only defenseman from the 2015 NHL draft to start the season. Yeah, it's crazy. So there's like a a commonality that keeps popping up that he's doing all this stuff at a very young age. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, he's only, that's what's, it's 22. When we 22. acquired him, he was 21. Like, the guy's a legit second-pairing NHL defenseman, age 22, and you're on the you're on the skeptical side of the fence, so explain yourself. Well, I'm not on the skeptical side of the fence that he's not a second-pairing defenseman. First of all, it came out of the skepticism because he was involved in the Dougie Hamilton trade, which, if everybody knows, I do love me some Dougie Hamilton. <laughs> so, the, the idea that he would be... Um, kind of like an equatable replacement for Dougie Hamilton is pretty much false. Um, and I think he's similar to Sam Bennett in that, like, he should be better than he is. Okay. That's why I'm a little skeptical. And just some of his, like, defensive metrics and just a lot of how... We'll, we'll get into it, but I mean, I just don't... I don't know... It's He's an interesting player because he was drafted fifth overall, similar to Sam Bennett. It's like he's been in the NHL since he was pretty much 18. But has he really done much? I don't know. He's played a lot. Yeah. Has he really done anything though? Well, I don't know. We've talked about this a bit, especially on on our live, on our live sessions. But it's a little bit different when you're measuring the uh, the performance of a forward. Yeah. From a D man, sure. because as a D man, if you don't notice the guy, there's that old saying: if you don't notice a D man, that means you play a good game. Weirdly enough, he has played the most games out of anybody in the 2015 draft by quite a bit. He's number one. He's played 319 games. Connor McDavid's second with 287. Um, of the of defensemen, I want to find who the next closest D-man is. The next closest D-man is uh, Provorov from Philly. He's played 246. So this kid has played a ton of minutes in the NHL. And to me, that that's a really good that's a really good thing. No, yeah, that's good. But I'm just saying, like, because what do we expect him to be? Because he's a pillar of this franchise moving forward. No, he's, well, 20, he's locked 22. Up. He's locked up till 23, 24. So he's got another four season. years, right? Yeah. Or another five years. He's got till the end of 2024, so four years. Okay. He's under five years. So he's got another five, four years left on his deal. Under $5 million. Well, well I, I think... He's okay. I think he is what they thought he was when they got him. A solid, reliable D-man that has an offensive upside. Yeah. And a potential to have a I just don't potential know how solid he is defensively is my only thing. I think he's quite good offensively, but defensively is my concern. See, and I'm I'm the reverse. Interesting. I think he's a solid D man. Hasn't done much for me offensively yet. In terms of counting stats, he hasn't. That's the other thing. Like even even his the strong parts of his game. Like if you look at a lot of his underlying numbers, he should be getting some more points, and he hasn't. He's kind of been middling. Like same with Sam Bennett, right? He's All just right. kind of been like okay. Let's go through the report card then. Okay, let's do it. Okay. So we did this with the Sam Bennett uh, podcast. It's basically a report card. Your scores are excellent, good, average, below average, and poor. Um, so first, let's do height and weight. He's 6'3", 205. He's a big boy. See, and I, that's to me, I love that. 
Well, he's a good skater too. So like, right? If you have size and you can skate, then you belong in the NHL, mm-hmm. right? You can be mediocre, but if you have those two things, you can play Miz. Okay, so size and strength. Go figure. The first measurement on the report card. I got good. Yeah, he's big. He's so. I don't, I don't see. You know, I don't. If you watch him play a lot, you don't see him lose. He's okay in his own end. Yeah. I mean, in terms of the corners and stuff, but I mean, I don't see him getting like pushed off pucks a lot. So. And again, like you, you pretty much just said it. I had a note here. Is like you're not noticing anything standing out. So if he's just kind of like, yeah, he seems fine. Like, I haven't noticed anything. I do kind of. I find with him, he kind of does have TJ Brody syndrome, where it's like he has, he has those lapses in judgment and just like. It's just like, what was that? Well, that was dumb. I don't know. I, I and that's that's just watching. That's I not can based see, on any statistics. I so. can see where you're coming from because I think I can think of a couple times last year, but to me, it's like if you're if you're like consistently doing that, like TJ Brody does, mm-hmm. then to me, it's a major problem. Yeah, but I but, see it with Hannafin a lot. Like I, I don't know. I I tend to notice it with him a lot. Okay. Well, they obviously aren't as blatant as, as what Brody's turnovers are then. Why? Because I don't notice them. <laughs> But you know me. I got my eye on TJ Brody every time he touches the puck. Yeah. I'm like, the Brody. And you know what's interesting? I was actually looking at some metrics earlier. Because I'm, I'm not a TJ Brody fan or, like, lover, but I have defended him. I have been more – I've been higher on him than you have been and probably a lot of other fans. And I was actually looking at a lot of his, like, uh, wowie stats, like, with or without you. So without Gio, like, he struggled. <laughs> Which, again, obviously, without, without Mark without Gio, he, was he had a tough time last brutal. year without Mark. So. And that's what I've been seeing. Anyways, okay. So, skating. Obviously, we both agree. Excellence. He's a great skater. That's probably the best thing about his game. Yeah. Now, next next measurement is the shot slash scoring. I got him below average. Yeah, I mean, in terms of in terms of his actually his actual ability to shoot the puck, meh. The guy generates a shit ton of shots, though. That's what I like about him. The volume of shots he takes is quite high. So, You're I like that. Because I, when, I, when I start to think about shot scoring, I, I immediately go to high danger. Yeah, so that's what's interesting. So it's, it's on like my far page of stats here, but he's actually one of the highest um, in terms of actual volume of high danger chances. He was so, like one or two on the team. So what does that mean? Like from the from the point then, they're measuring how many high danger Well, scoring? not even necessarily from the point, right? Like just in anywhere that would be considered like a high danger area. Really? Yeah. That's odd. His, his Yeah, his shot contributions were actually not too bad. Okay. Where is it here? I'll have to I would have here. not really expected that. Yeah, he led the team in... So these are just like... This isn't rates or anything. So he had the, uh, led the team in shot attempts last year, 1,417. He led the team led in the shot, team shot attempts? attempts? A defenseman. Yeah. So that's quite positive. Okay, but what was the percentage of those? Yeah, his, to his, me, when I'm watching the game, that really frustrates me if a D-man can't get his shots through. Well, his, yeah, his high danger... Um, his high danger uh, Corsi 4 per 60, so high danger uh, shot attempts per 60 minutes was way high up there on the team too. It was like first or second, 12.85 okay. high danger shot attempts per 60. So yeah, he's doing a good job at, at like getting the puck to the net. and do, He's doing an okay job at driving play, which I, I like. So that's positive for me. But I don't think he shoots the puck particularly well. No, like so. I can't even, I can't, like I know he scored against that, he scored a goal against well, he Carolina. Scored, what five goals last year? So he scored against Carolina. That was a nice goal. Yeah. But as far as him, I don't really rec- recall him coming down very much. You know, joining the rush and like, whoa, he almost scored. Like, yeah, whoa, no. that was dangerous. So, yeah, I think he's he, gen- he generates a ton of volume of shots, but he's I don't I don't think he's particularly adept at actually shooting the puck. So, all right, next uh, score here is on puck handling. 
I got him coming in at average. So middle of the pack. Yeah, I agree. And that's kind of what I'm talking about, right? It's like, and I guess like those just, fumbles, like he tends to have that, like, I don't know, those moments of TJ Brody syndrome. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. You know when TJ gets the puck and you're just like, what are you doing? Like, when I watch TJ Brody, he's always icing the puck. The passes are always in the guy's skates coming out of the end. But I honestly, I feel like Hannafin's actually pretty good coming out of the end, coming out of the defense. So way. that's the other thing that's really great about his game is his um, transition game is probably the absolute best part about his game. Um, okay, and that's cool because that's what I wrote down just yeah. from watching him play. Well, but, you, but you have the actual yeah. analytics. His, to his exit rates are great. His entry rates are pretty fantastic. Um, he's one of the few defensemen... Um, in the league, who actually leads the rush and can actually, and he actively avoids the dump and chase. So uh, he's one of the highest defensemen in terms of actually bringing the puck across the line and not just dumping it in, but okay. creating a play. So his transition game is quite good. I'd say that's one of TJ Brody's strengths as well. Yeah, for sure. Is when he does get the puck on the yeah. on the other side of the red line, he's pretty good with it. Um, okay, cool, good to know. But I probably the other thing with puck handling is like. You hear this all the time. It's one thing to sit there, but as soon as you got your feet moving, can you still puck handle? Yeah. I think that's why he is a good puck. Is why he has a good mark on puck handling is because because he can skate while moving the puck. I think he's pretty good with that. Yeah. All right, physical play. I got him good. Again, it's kind of like the size and strength. You don't really notice too much physicality from him, but you never notice him getting beat physically either. So he's just kind of right there. No, for sure. Yeah, like he's he's big and he, you know, I don't know. I think that's I think he's totally fine. Okay, now this might be this might be where the statistics yeah, tell me otherwise. Is, yeah, for sure. For offensive play, I just mark him as average. Yeah, like to me, like honestly, I'm just thinking about how many times did he stand out last year for me in the offensive end. It wasn't a lot. Yeah, but it sounds like analytically, it's telling you a different story where he's actually much more of a contributing factor than it mm-hmm. looks like. So if you look at his kind of years in Carolina as a bit of a guide, so his first two years he struggled quite a bit. The third year was kind of his breakout year there. So um, his improved season is 2017-2018. Um, he, was a, he was really positive in terms of uh, on ice high danger chance differential and shot attempt differential. Um, so that's And it was positive relative to his teammates for the first time in his career. So he's, he's, in terms of shot contributions, he was quite good that to me, year. To me that's interesting because if you look at his – his points breakdown. Yeah, it's similar. It's like he had the same three seasons. So yeah. it's cool that there was other analytics that show that he improved his game. For sure. So yeah, he was actually pretty decent in, in that year in terms of any... I think he did have a career year that year in terms of points, didn't he? He must yeah. have. I think he had 10 well, goals that year. Last year was... Yeah, this is yeah. high school total year. So he had, 10, he had 10 goals that year, 32, 32 points. He had 33 this year, but... That was kind of the first year that he actually was, like, driving play. Yeah. Um, so if you're looking at goal breakdown, first two years he scored four goals, had 10 in his third year, and then five last year. Mm-hmm. So as far as your goal totals, he definitely regressed a bit last year. Yeah, for sure. But he still had the most amount of points last year. So. Yeah. So if you look at, like, his first two years compared to his third and to his, his fourth year to a degree, which we'll get into later, but the thing that really kind of, like, jumped out off the page in that third year was his ability to create shots and create some offense. Um, the one note there is that he was Bill Peters did shelter him quite a lot like he was playing on the third pairing I believe and he started career high 63% of his starts were in the offensive zone so that is interesting to note so that's kind of one of my concerns moving forward is how he's going to be able to play against tougher competition Um, but yeah his, 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 his shot share has been has been better than it was in the last two years and last year it was actually pretty good so that's good. I mean, I know I remember when when we picked him up, 
Because here's the thing, like, I didn't know who these guys were. I didn't know yeah. who Elias Lindholm was. I didn't know who Noah Hannafin was. No. Playing in Carolina, the East Coast, like, you don't know these guys. Totally. And I remember when he came in, we're like, okay, who is this guy? He's like, what was he, 22? He's 21. 21 last year. We're like, shit, yeah. this guy's young. He was drafted fifth overall. He's got to be pretty good. And then I remember, like, on an interview, I heard him say he's been really working on working on that offensive side of his mm-hmm. game. Um, I think he's looking for an offensive breakout year. Um, so I know that that's cool that he mentioned that and yep. his analytics point that, like, he's on that trajectory. So hopefully he'll continue. So yeah, that on. was, like, the big positive from his time this year with the Flames, I think, was that he was quite high in a lot of, the, like, the shooting statistics. Like, he was generating a lot of uh, shot attempts. So that's pretty good. And if you just, like, look at him, because obviously my big thing is, like, Dougie Hamilton – if there's one thing Dougie Hamilton does exceptionally well, it's create offense and yeah. shoot the puck. And then, you know, for me, obviously, that's what I mean by high danger. Like, yeah. You think, of high, you think of Dougie Hamilton, you think mm-hmm. of high danger. Like, offense. he gets his shot contributions are off the clock. Like, they're in, like, the 100th percentile in terms of the league. Um, and Hannafin, like, really actually did have an improved year last year in terms of that. Or even in, even between his, his second last year in Carolina. But, um, yeah, he's... You know, he like if you look if you look at his difference between the twenty sixteen and twenty seventeen and twenty seventeen twenty eighteen year in terms of shot contributions, he he was much better at, in terms of shot attempts, cool shot assists and everything like like yeah. markedly better. Like, I mean, that's what you want to see, especially as a young player coming into the league. Yeah, is that they're progressing their game in totally. these different areas each year. So like that was he, again he was sheltered, but I mean his shot contributions per sixty went from like low percentile the 20th percentile up into like almost the 80th to 70th percentile so he had a he had a breakthrough year that year for sure and we've got we got a train out there so that's the one thing i'm kind of keying on on him is like his ability you know to create offense has been actually pretty good so yeah okay so then where would you mark him where would you rate him at his offensive play i would say Average, I would say trending up. I would say good. good. I would say good, just because yeah. he is such a good transition player. Yeah. And then now add that he's you know he's starting to generate some yeah. some scoring chances and, and definitely the analytics are there to back that up. For yeah, sure. for sure. So I'd say just because he's so great in terms of transition, um, he's he's a pretty good offensive player right there. Okay. So, so next next measurement here is defensive play. Yeah, I got him good. I've got him average to poor. Okay. Explain yourself. Okay. Well, let's let's get into it here. So, number one, I was just... This came about because I was just... Um, mostly because of the playoffs. Like, he had a bad playoff. As did everybody, but... The number one stat that I was looking at from him was expected goals against. He was dead last on the team in the playoffs last year. He had, Well, I mean Hamannick as well, but I mean... He had a really bad playoff. Um, in terms of his goals against per 60 last year, this is last year too, so he was still struggling last year, even playing with Hamannick on a pretty strong uh, Flames team. Okay. He was dead last among regular blue liners in shot suppression rate, so that's Corsi against, so volume of that. So he had 1,235 shot attempts against while he was on the ice. Okay. And his Corsi against, or shot attempts against per 60 was pretty bad at 55.18, so it's like a, sh- a shot attempt against per minute he's on the ice almost. And then his expected goals against was 58.75 when he was on the ice. And then they were exaggerated in the playoffs. Like, he was really bad in the playoffs. So I think he's, I think he struggled defensively quite a bit. Um, Which kind of shocks me, honestly, just, yeah. from, just from watching the I game. Because I can – like, I feel like him and Hamnick as, as a pairing were pretty, like, 
actually really solid in the yeah. second half of the year. Eight. It was so just like they never spent, to me as a viewer, I never felt like they spent any much time in their end. When they got the puck in their own, they got it out nicely. Yeah. They had good exits. So it, it kind of, that surprised me. Yeah, they kind of tended to get a little bit, um, not dominated, but they tend they tend to get stuck in their own end sometimes during the year. And then if you look at Hannafin's um, wowie chart, so his with or without you, um, so without Travis Hamanick, which was not very much, by the way, like literally it's like they played, their time on ice played together five on five with over a thousand minutes. Their time on ice played um, Noah Hannafin without Travis Hamanick was 358 minutes. And yeah, his, his course, he, uh, percentage dropped quite a bit without without Hamannick and his Corsi against per 60 went up as well so um, Hamannick was helping him out um, somewhat during the year so I just think he's still got some weaknesses defensively now what do you think those are? his weaknesses? yeah I don't know man like, like what is it? I think again like I said TJ Brody syndrome I think his decision making is not great like sometimes I just watch him and it's like like where did so, you, do so, you do you know how to play hockey, Noah? Like where are you going there? Well, that's the next me- measurement is hockey sense. Maybe that's where, where yeah. So where I his think that's is. where I kind of like he, like sometimes when there's when there's a play in the corner, and they get that kind of like odd man rush, not rush, odd man uh, situation where there's like there's there's a there's a the defenseman like say Tamanik has lost his lost his man in the corner and he's coming out from the corner and he's got the man in front. Right. And Hanfin just like it's like it's like he forgets how to play hockey. He'll just like rush the guy and leave his man behind and the guy just passes it to him and it's a wide open net. Okay. So like that's an example of just like I kind of see I kind of see some of those weird plays where it's like, what are you doing there, man? Yeah. Like just kind of like lack of awareness or I don't know, lack of hockey sense or whatnot. So yeah, I'm not sure. That's interesting, man. Maybe maybe it's just I'm trying to go from memory here in the offense yeah, and I'm just like while. the you know, I, I just felt like those two were solid. And maybe it's because we're just winning so many hockey games that it's yeah, just no, like, for sure. you know, you're nitpicking at the end of the day on how to get better, but, I mean, the analytics is a good perspective, so that's interesting. Yeah, and that's what's interesting, because I hear a lot of people like, oh, dude, he's much better defensively than Dougie Hamilton. Um, not particularly, like, I'm just looking, if you ever use um, these all three zone player comparison tools, I'm going to post a few of them to Instagram. Um, he does struggle a little bit um, breaking up other the opposing team's entries. So he's like pretty middling in terms of like breaking up possession as teams come over the blue line. So like that could be part of it as well as other teams are able to gain entry into the zone while he's on the ice and yeah. they can generate well, What was his plus minus? His plus minus was, I think he was, well, he's obviously positive he's playing on the Flames this year. Let me pull it up here. Because this is the other thing I'm thinking of is if you think of it, to me, I kind of slot him in as he's a bit of a stay-at-home defenseman. And maybe that's why, like, I, like, I don't really, I can't really, I don't recall, like, him making all these gaffes and fumbles and, like, having struggling. Because, like, even if I think of those 2D men, I'm like, I don't remember them ever getting hemmed in their own end for, like, too long or consistently getting scored on. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't know. And, and maybe it's, like, for a stat like that, a stay-at-home defenseman isn't going to break up many rushes, but maybe he's so, so sound uh, positionally that those rushes never turn into anything. Could be. Like, I mean, they, uh, again, in the playoffs, they were really bad. But again, their expected goal... Well, not there. Sorry. Uh, Han- Hannafin. His expected goals against was not particularly great. So 58.75 when he was on the ice. So this is another analytics tool I really like to use, actually. It's called um, Regularized Adjusted Plus Minus. So... Um, if you go on there, you can kind of... It takes, like, all the variants that would otherwise accompany plus-minus. Right. Like, you know, like, 
uh, situation or shit like that. Yep. So if you look at him, like he's actually really good at generating offense. So his expected goals are actually quite high compared to the mean there. Yep. Like he does a good job creating offense. But then defense, his expected goals is well below average. So he does he he doesn't do a great job at like suppressing offense, it seems so. Right. And I guess that's a really actually good way to put it is can he su- suppress offense? Yeah, and so but, that's But then I look at like if he is more of a stay-at-home defenseman, right, then... Because a stay-at-home defenseman... I don't know. I mean, I'm thinking... I kind of feel like I would slot him in there. I don't, he's not an offensive guy to me. Because he's a great skater, and he can move the puck out of the zone. Yeah. So that's why I'm a little skeptical, because it's like, okay, your strength is offense, but you're not putting up... Your your offensive numbers are not great, and your defense isn't great, so where's the, where's the strength here? Again, I think he's a great... He's a true. He's a he's a second pairing guy, and, and he can in that up. role, I think he's very good. Yeah, yeah, he played a shit ton last year. Yeah. And then the other thing I was talking about, where he plays, um, where he's quite sheltered that last year in Carolina, um, he he played harder minutes this year, and he was okay. So, um, I'm that's positive. And this is really this is gonna be interesting. interesting now one. I have to watch him a lot more closely. Well, this yeah, year. and it's similar with Sam Bennett, right? Too, it's like the counting stats are okay. The underlying numbers are okay. So it's like we're kind of just waiting to see what this guy actually is. Yeah. It's yeah. like hard to pin down. It's like, I don't know. I've always... a stay-at-home guy? Is he a guy who's going to put up 40 to 50 points? I don't know. I always... Honestly, I really just felt like he was actually really responsible defensively. Yeah. So I, I think the team has to watch this. That's true. The team yeah. is really defensively. So maybe... Yeah. yeah. Maybe there's a factor there. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's next? Next is, ho- next is hockey sense. Yeah, see, this is where it's kind of like, and and I actually, average-y I poor. actually gave him a good score. Yeah, scored as good because I felt like in his own end he was actually, like, solid. Now I know I'm I'm just like I don't know what to think now. <laughs> I just because I, I remember I said this to you quite a lot during the year. Just like sometimes his decision making is just like that's weird. Like, again, for the most part, pretty solid, but it's just like every once in a while he just again pulls a TJ Brody and just like yeah. What the? What was that? And I Noah? mean, this th- that might just be it, and that's the the I think the most troubling. If that if it comes down to hockey sense for him, mm-hmm. and that's kind of where his weakness lies, yeah. Then that's the most troubling thing because you can't teach hockey sense. Exactly. Either how it or you don't. Yeah. Um. And so if that is where he struggles, then I don't know if we're gonna see much more from Noah Hannafin. Yeah, I don't know. See, that's the thing, right? It's like same with Sam Bennett. It's like, what are we gonna see? Is this it? Is he a okay second pairing guy? Yeah, but I always. You know me, I keep coming back to the age. Yeah, no, get 22. He's 22. He's 22. 22. Like, 22. Like, he's played four NHL seasons. Yeah. He's 22. So, yeah, I... It's hard to say, like... Again, like you said with Sam Bennett, too, right? He's 23. That's unbelievable. 22, right? Unreal. And they're both big guys. Yeah, I know, right? Like, he's 6'3". And he can skate like the wind, man. Okay, so that's well, the, yeah. This is gonna bring us into our next segment. So let's finish off this. The last score here is competitiveness. Yeah, I got him as good. I didn't see anything to suggest otherwise. Okay. All right, let's go to strengths and areas for improvement. All right, uh, strengths. I have solid, reliable defenseman. Solid, reliable so maybe, defenseman. maybe I don't know what the hell I'm looking at. Maybe I'm too distracted by watching TJ Brody turn the puck over too often. <laughs> maybe you confuse Brody. I'm, with I'm too busy texting you. He's probably plays that right after TJ <laughs> Brody comes out, comes off the ice. I'm too busy texting you. I'm not noticing him. So if you go, there's an article by a guy I like to follow named Dmitry Filipovich. Um, he had an article before Hannafin was traded to the Flames about what he could bring to the Canucks. He used to be a Canucks blogger. Um, and he just kind of puts out some, he, this is what he says about Hannafin. 
Hennepin stands out to an absurd, absurd degree in his controlled zone entries. He is a huge outlier among defensemen with his ability to gain the blue line and his unwillingness to just settle for a dump and chase. Defensemen who lead the rush are not very common in the NHL. So having one guy who can do it can really change a team's attacking strategy just as the Predators do with Roman Yossi. Which really plays into how Bill Pierce wants the playing Kyrie Flames to play. Sure. And Transition I'm a game. big fan of not dumping the puck over. Yeah, huge fan. Yeah. Right? So that's where he really excels. That's like his number one strength to me is that he is excellent in terms of zone entries and transitional play. And he's pretty awesome at exiting the zone as well. See, that's where I have a good understanding of how to play the yeah, game. Yeah, totally. Defensive end. Mm-hmm. Um, efficient at defensive zone exits. Oh, yeah, you got that. And I feel, feel like he has a, a good utilization of D2D passes mm-hmm. or first per, uh, first pass out. Totally. It's like he understands how that should flow, how the yep. puck should flow out of your own end. Great transition, D-man. Yeah, that's probably, that's weird. like, across the board, that's probably his biggest strength. For sure. And great the, transitional D-man. Totally. He's great at that. And I mean, in today's day and age, that's huge. That is like yeah. what you need out of your D man first and foremost. Exactly. Yeah. He's a great skater. Great skater. Great Number skater. four. Good size. Good at moving the puck. Yeah. I feel like he moves the puck well. Totally. Now he may make a few errors here and there, but moves at least the puck up the ice. at least he's not like, oh my god, get rid of the puck, Noah. Like you know, he moves the puck well. Yeah. No, he's a great skater. Moves the puck well. I like it. Okay. Knock on wood. He's not been prone to injury. Yeah, you know what? That's something I never thought about. At that's a young a, age, he's really already true. logged a shit ton of minutes. He's well, played he's four, three hundred and nineteen NHL games. That's insane. And, and he's like not he's 22. 22. That's so nuts. that is a strength. If you look at like a long term someone's career, like he's not prone to injury. What have you done three hundred and nineteen times in your life? There's one thing I can think of. <laughs> All right. Anything else on strength you want to add? No. You know. Okay. That's that's good. But yeah, like I said, like I do I am a little more skeptical of this guy, but there's no denying that his his ability to skate and well, ability to move the puck up the ice is great. You're making me sus- uh <clears throat> spe- skeptical? 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 You're making me suspicious due to all these analytics because I'm coming in like my areas of improvement yeah. becoming an offensive threat. Mm-hmm. And you're suggesting the well, analytics. No, I, I think he could, yeah, I think he could he should his his stats should be better based on Based on some of his uh, it's true, right? metrics, if if his analytics are that well in terms of getting shot attempts and high danger scores, uh, yeah. shot attempts, then why does he have more points? You should be scoring more. So maybe are they really high high danger? I don't know. You maybe that's the difference of like more. maybe that's the difference of the hockey sense where it's just like yeah, for on sure. A, on a paper metric, they're going to record it as a high danger, but mm-hmm. when he could have made this play otherwise, yeah. and maybe that's the difference. I don't know, but I well, he doesn't get power play time, nor I don't know if he should. Well, I guess he was on power play too last Based year. Based on bit. these analytics, I would like to see him on the but power play second unit. Maybe. I just yeah, I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to do a whole one on power plays. Well, because well, Brody so. got a shit ton of power play time. Yeah, I don't. I do not like him on the power play. I'm I sure. I have mixed feelings about the power play, and we'll get into it on another podcast. But I really want them to rule. I don't like how on the second power play they do the the three and two, the two D and the three forwards. Just go four and one. That's yeah. what works. So, anyway. Okay, so that's my first area of improvement. Is yes. Get at least ten more points this season. Yeah, you gotta, for sure. If he if if he can contribute more offensively, um, then he's starting to get into the realm of like a legit solid. Yeah, for sure. Offensive defenseman. Yeah, no, totally. Like he just needs to, you know, he should be a little better offensively. Because again, like he keep coming back to this. Like, where do we see this guy in two or three years? Because yeah. you gotta think Brody's gone. You gotta think like maybe Hamnick's gone. Geo's gonna be thirty six, thirty seven. 
Like, is he the guy they want? It's probably between him and Yuso, who is the next top, like, number one defenseman, isn't it? I doubt it. I think you know, I think, think so. everybody thinks it's Yuso. Everybody does? I think it's Yuso. It could be Hannafin, though. Like, I think the team probably wants him to be that guy. I feel like... So he, does he... Can he become that? I don't know. The thing is, is that you're always going to need your solid second-pairing guy as well. Yeah. I kind of feel like that's going to be his role. Mm-hmm. I mean, it'll be interesting to see when Gio moves on, yeah. where the where Rass and Valimaki are at. That'll be the test. But yeah, see you're who, right. who's who. It would be nice if, if Noah's an easy decision for that. Yeah. But I think he's got a bit of ways to go still. Yeah, no, totally. I okay, agree. my second area of improvement. This is funny. I said join the rush more effectively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so no, I think the analytics are saying he's good at joining the rush. I just don't see... They're saying he's good at not dumping the puck in. Okay, because maybe my key word here is I'm saying join the rush more effectively. Yeah. No I feel point. like he's up, but what's he actually doing? Mm-hmm. And maybe that's where it comes back to this hockey sense thing. Is like yeah. He needs to know when he needs to hit that open lane, because or he needs to know when to move the puck in what direction. But Yeah, yeah. just it, again, going back to the eyeball test, just watching, like, if I, if I see a rush in my head, like, how many times did we see the flames... Coming down on the rush, and then you just spot Dougie Hamilton, just like come right in, drift in all the time, all the time, and then Hannafin like always. Hannafin, Dougie maybe. always came in as that late guy, exactly. Too. So Dougie knows how to join the rush, yeah. And that, to um, me, that's hockey sense. Yeah, exactly. So I just if you compare him to Dougie Hamilton, right? I just don't mean to do all the time because they're not the same player. They're not meant to be the same player. But if you just analyze, analyze like how somebody jumps on the rush and creates offense from there. Yeah. If you think about how Dougie Hamilton does it compared to how Noah Hanfin does or doesn't do it, that kind of gives you an idea of yeah. what you're talking about, I think. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, it kind of makes sense. Like, I'm right in the ballpark with all this because at the end of the day, you look at his points. Yeah. Okay, five goals. Yeah, he had five How goals. effective are you at join the rest if you have five goals? Yeah, no. You can't be that effective, even if the statistics say otherwise. And he did have a pretty good year in terms of points, but he only had five goals, right? Yeah. So... Yeah, just to recap, um, Noah Hannafin last year as a Calgary Flame first year had five goals, 20 assists for 33 points. Career high in points, but... But he's been 22, 29, 32, 33. Yeah. So career high, but he's, in the last three years, he's only, he's within a four-point window. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. Area for improvement, I'd say better use of his frame and skating ability to play more physical. Yeah. To be more punishing. Maybe. Like, have you ever seen him lay a big open ice hit? No. Or, like, lay the hip check into someone? The thing I think about is skating more is, like, when I think about him getting caught in his own zone and teams generating chances, it's like, you can skate, bud. Yeah. Skate around. Take somebody out. Be more physical. Yeah. Create more separation. Maybe don't just stand there and watch. Yeah. That's another thing I've seen him do a lot of. Just kind of, like, standing around looking stunned. And that's kind of why I'm like, is he a stay-at-home defense? Like, what is he doing? Yeah. Like, he's just kind of He's not really breaking anything up. He's just kind of waiting, right? Yeah. Which is okay, because if you're still in the right position, right, it's never, like, the worst case decision. It's never the worst decision. Yeah, no, for sure. Just the... But... I understand. I just, you know... I I agree. And then my, my last area improvement was work on the shot from the point, getting it through, and be more of a threat. Sure, yeah. I think he does. I think I've seen him do a good job at, like... I holding, want to see more holding, high danger. Holding the blue line. You know what? He does. Yeah. And, yeah, like, I'm just looking... And it's not like he's turning it over there. It's yeah. not like he's TJ Rowing fired to the shin pads every single time. Yeah, for sure. Part. Exactly. No look shin pads. Yeah. But there's definitely... There's not high... I don't see a lot of high danger coming from him on the point. It's kind of weird. Like, I can't... He's so... Like you said, I don't notice him. Like, I'm trying to think about, okay... Um, that's why I'm relying so heavily on these analytics right now, because I'm like trying to think about like even one play he made this Yeah, <laughs> He's one of those guys that kind of it. fades away into the background of the game, which, yeah. which coming back to what we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, there's always that old saying, if you don't notice a D-man, he's played a great game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. So 
I don't even, yeah, he's, a, he's an interesting one. And just for reference, last year in terms of his shot assists per 60, so those are shots that bleep, oh shit, sorry, my internet just went down. He was actually quite good at generating chances off, like, like a shot, like a rebound, so seems to be doing an okay job with that. So, I mean, I don't he, know if it's one of the shot that, he gets, shot that he gets that leads to a rebound that could be. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I can kind of see that, but I still don't, those are kind of like lucky. Yeah. Like, you look at Eric Carlson. Ooh, boy. Anytime he gets the puck on the blue line, he's yeah. a threat. Totally. It doesn't matter what doesn't nothing matters. As yeah. soon as he gets the no. puck, he's a threat. Yeah, exactly. Either he's gonna get a good shot through, he'll make a solid pass. Sure. He's gonna make the he's gonna make a pass that opens up more play on the other side of the ice. Yeah. Like to me that's that's a big area. Again, if you want this guy to be your number one like Mark Giordano replacement in two or three years, yeah, you gotta start seeing more stuff like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I'll just add a few other things. Again, like I said, I think he's prone to bad decision making. Okay. Like just, I don't know, some of his decisions thrown for loop. And I don't think he's, this is maybe less of a weakness and more of a, I need to see more of it. I don't know if he's shown a really good um, ability to play against top competition. Okay. Like I, I said, I can kind of, I can see that. Yeah. Like I said, that year he played in Carolina, that he was quite good, that breakout year. Uh, Peters was actually his coach and he had him sheltered quite a bit like he was playing in terms of his usage he, I think he was playing with like Trevor Van Riemsdyk he was getting a ton of offensive zone starts and not playing against like the highest quality of competition this year he he played against some tougher matchups and um, about half of his zone starts were in the offensive zone so he did play um, he was deployed in tougher situations and did okay but I just I, I don't think I've seen enough of him to Say like again, if he's two or three years, if he's the Mark Giordano replacement or whatever. Not that that's what we're expecting him to be, but I think that's maybe what we can kind of like. Okay, if that's the goal, what does he need to do to get there? I don't feel like that's the goal, honestly, from the organization perspective. On one reason, because I haven't heard any of that. There's been no like. I mean, there's a lot of noise around a guy like Balamaki. Yeah. There's a lot of noise around a guy like Anderson. There's not a lot of noise around a guy like Noah Hennepin. So. And I don't even know if he's suited to hit, fit that role, but it'll be interesting to see. I think we're going to see a lot in the next two years. Yeah, the only reason I say that is because he is locked up on this team. Yeah. He's 22. It's like you said with Chuck, he's probably not a franchise guy, but he's a pillar of this team for the next four or five he's years. He's part of your defensive core. So, but I he, think he rounds out your top four. I don't, I, don't, I don't honestly see him in a top two role. No, me neither. But I'm saying I think maybe that's what the team wants. I don't know what the team wants, but I'm just saying if, like, if he's a pillar here and Giordano's probably moving on very soon, yeah. wouldn't you want mean, him to be able to slot into that? But you can, can you can be a pillar on your on the second. Yeah, for pair. sure. I know. The second pairing has your top four D have to be able to yeah. eat all the minutes. Well, hopefully he can improve as a second pairing guy too. So because who are your top four D in three years? Well, are you gonna Anderson, are we gonna take Gio out of the equation? If Gio is out of the equation, let's say when Gio leaves, what does okay. your defense look like? When Gio's gone, and again, this is spitballing so many different factors. I say you got Valamaki one, Anderson two, yep. Shillington three. You got Shillington ahead of Hannafin. Yeah, Hannafin four, and then then if Hamannik's still there, yeah, then it's five, and then whoever six is. Yeah, I think I might have Hannafin a little ahead of Shillington, but I think um, I think Yuso and Rass are ahead of. Yeah, you're yeah. And it could go either way. I think those guys are close, yeah. Shillington and Hannafin. But the way that Shillington showed up his first year, yeah. um, if he continues to develop, I mean, he was lights out. He was pretty good. Like, I mean, third-pairing D-man. And maybe it's, maybe, it's, maybe, it's, maybe, it's, maybe it's that effect of, like, you're not expecting anything. So that yeah. when, they, you're like, when they exceed Again, your expectations. Again, you and I come from the, the era of Daryl Sutter drafting where it's like, 
right? Oh, we have one call up here and he sucks. Daniel Kachuk. So it's like Lance Boma. So it's like we literally get a call up who like is okay and we're like, oh my god, he's the best defenseman ever. Because we've like never seen this before. We've never had this experience. Yeah. So anyways. Okay. Alright. So yeah, ex- skill, excellent skater, strong positional play. I yep. feel like his positional play is good. Smart in his own end, but maybe I gotta watch that more. Um, and then I think he's really great at utilizing his defense partner. I feel like Yeah. And maybe that's just Well he and Hamnick were better together than Brody and Hamnick by a long shot. I felt like those two were great together, Hamnick and, and Well they Hamnick. were better they were definitely better than Brody and uh and Hamnick for sure. Like much better. So okay. And I just said here, this might be a good way to put it. His first pass out of the zone is usually the right one. Yeah. No, he's really Where good. Where I feel like Brody's is usually the wrong one. Yeah, I'd have to look at TJ's, but I kind of, you know, TJ's like a bit of an idiot. And I, I, don't, I don't know. Just from the, just from watching, I feel like he's pretty reliable from the goal line out. But I'm going to watch close. We'll have to watch closely watch this closer. year. Like he, again, he's with Sam Bennett. It's just kind of like, yeah, he looks, counting stats are okay. The underlying numbers are okay. What we've seen is okay. But is there more or less to this guy than we, like, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Okay, overall, just kind of summary report on him. I feel like because he's so young, if you look at Sam Bennett, the guy, Sam Bennett physically dominates the game mm-hmm. as a 23-year-old. Right. Like, are you kidding me? What's it going to be like when he's 25, 26, 27? So that's why I feel like the big window for mm-hmm. benefit or Bennett right. is the next two, three years. Again, and like you've said, the longer that this trade, I think Hannafin is the key, like, because everybody knows I've been vocally, not opposed, but like not super stoked on the initial Carolina deal with yeah. Hannafin and Lindholm coming over here. But the, the more, if he can um, develop more, and the longer this goes, the more the Flames win this trade. Yeah. Honestly, he just has to keep getting incrementally like a little bit better each year. Yeah, and I thought he was fine this year. I'm just, I thought he was fine. That's all. Yeah. So because he's so big, what do we say? Six three. Six three two fifteen or something. Two oh five. Two oh five. Yeah, six three two oh five. I mean, the guy obviously he's still a young man. He's, he hasn't filled out, and there's there's definitely a physical maturity that happens around that twenty three age, twenty three to twenty six age. So. I don't know. He, I mean, is that going to affect the way he plays? I think it can. I think look at Gio. He's a fucking beast. Yeah, I know, right? And he did, like, again, different game, different time. But, I mean, like, he didn't really start becoming, like, a legit top-pairing guy until he was later into his career. So Yeah. I feel like... So and, like, traditionally, sorry. Traditionally, like, defensemen do take... I don't know. Like, I don't know if this is changing. This is one change I haven't really tracked in terms of, like, what's happening. Because you've seen the shift in terms of offensive players like they're hitting their prime like right when they enter the league like that 18 even to 24 is like the sweet spot when they're really affecting the game yeah I don't know I, I haven't really seen a, a, enough of defensemen to know because like, who is like who's the young stud defenseman in the league right now like who's like 22 23 well the Buffalo guy like Dalene Dalene like 19 years old but he but does I'm, he like is he on even near the same planet as a guy like Eric Carlson no probably not not yet so that's what's kind of interesting. Like, I don't know. I'm, I, I don't want yeah, to fall into like traditional hockey true, lore. Yes. Like, oh, defensemen take longer to develop, blah, blah, blah. But like, it's probably kind of true. And I don't know. I haven't noticed the shift in terms of defensemen being um, as rapid as it has been in terms of forwards. Yeah. But I mean, you even look at some of the, the higher draft pick defensemen in the last little bit. They've, none of them guys really panned out that much. Like, I mean, you think of a guy like Ekblad. Yeah, I know. Like, has Ekblad really been like a first overall pick? Definitely not. Not even close. Like, so I think the other one that comes to mind before that was Bogosian. Yeah, like, yeah. 
Bogosian, and there's another guy. There's uh, Suter. He, he is, yeah, he's been awesome. Because, like, who's the best defenseman in the league right now? Like, probably Carlson. Carlson and Burns. Probably Carlson. Like, they're 28, 29. Roman Yossi's a little older. How about Hedman? He was first overall. Yeah, like, Hed, like Hedman is, like, okay, how old is Hedman? Like, he's got to be, yeah, he's 28. So, yeah, like, these most he, effective might be defensemen. onto something here. And I don't know, because that's, like, quite traditional, like, oh, they just develop and later. I was, was going to make this point earlier, is that I have a harder time relating to the, the role of the defenseman. Yeah, no, I I've don't really a, know. I've been a forward my whole life. I Obviously, I relate a lot easier to a forward position. Um, so, yeah, that's interesting. And yes. you might be honest, because it's, it's, it's pretty, I mean, we can, it's easy to say as a goaltender, they mature yeah, for sure. And they come online a little bit later. Like, I think that's pretty well documented that goalies are generally, like, they take a while to develop. Yeah. And I think it's generally true that most people expect defensemen. Like, very rarely do you see a guy jump into the NHL at 18. Which would kind, of make, it would kind of make sense because if there's such a reliance on speed and skill, yeah, which means there's such a focus on the forward side of the game that... If, especially if, if the game has swung the way it has mm-hmm. in the past few years, it's gotten so much faster. Well, a lot of that is due to the speed up front. Yeah, for so sure. So now there's a big adjustment happening on the back end. And so maybe that's why we're seeing this, like, you know, guys yeah, no, totally in their career. Because so, there's a big adjustment happening. I don't know. Yeah, if um, just I was thinking about this. Kent Wilson put out, like, an article of players who might be similar. The only way they were similar is def- he was looking at defenders who at least – played 160 NHL games by the age of 21, so similar to Hannafin. He okay. played more, yep. but the list is like Carlson, Doughty, Dion Phaneuf, Justin Falk, Dougie Hamilton, Ekman Larson, Hedman, Seth there's, Jones. There's some, some pretty good names in here. That's the cream of the crop, really. There's some pretty good names in here. So let's hope he goes more the way of like... Uh, um, doesn't, doesn't go the Dion Phaneuf route? Yeah, somebody more like Ekman Larson or Hedman and doesn't go the Dion Phaneuf or Zach Bogosian. Um, way, but yeah, it's maybe an interesting one because like you've seen this rapid shift in terms of how how effective forwards are like right as they enter the league, as opposed to defensemen. I don't know. Which is why some... that's another contract that I I do like. Yeah, maybe he's getting paid a little too much. I think the again like I kind of think the longer this deal goes, because he's even a, in his contract, because he's he, we signed him to a five year deal. Four. For, he makes four point nine. Four point nine five. So pretty much five mil. Yeah. Um, five five mil for five years, but you know he's a solid. He's already a yeah a solid top four guy. So they kind of probably took a bit of a risk on him. Like I think uh, because it, of his age. Yeah, like I think um, Vegas signed Alex Tuck to kind of like a similar deal. Very different player, obviously, but it's like he hasn't proven yet that he's probably a five million dollar player. But when he's like three or four years down the line, yeah, especially when when Hannafin's hitting that like 25, 26 age, maybe he maybe that'll be incredible value. Yeah. So so there's another RFA signing that Bradtree Living has, yes. has done really well. He's done a good job. Yeah, I have a little note here is if if Hannafin can hit forty five points this season, yeah, which is just that'd be great. Basically, ten more points than he got last year. Mm-hmm. I think he's taking another a really solid step forward and become a premier defenseman. Totally, because then he just has to keep building on that mm-hmm. incrementally. Yeah, because if you again, if you look at his seasons, like again, I I come on the more like skeptical. I'm not sure what he can turn into if he's anything better than what he is right now. But I mean, he has like in terms of both his like, here's his here's his points like his counting stats: 22, 29, 32, 33. So he's like a little bit better each year. Yeah. But his his underlying numbers have been you know relatively solid and increasing a little bit each year. So. It's not like he's just been like wild swings. He's been pretty solid. 
yeah, for his first four years. years. The, the good sign is that his game is getting better. Yeah. He's obviously working on elements and aspects of the game, and there's statistics to show that he's, it's actually it's like his game is getting better all, overall. Yeah. So, again, like he struggled in the playoffs mightily. He was prone to some, you know, some pretty sometimes some defensive breakdowns, but um, I don't know if he can, again, like you said, if he can score 45 points this year and be a more of an offensive threat and keep keep up with like um the shot share metrics and stuff i think he could be yep. a valuable part of the team like he can learn a lot from a guy like geo yeah for sure you look at geo statistics um and he's definitely one of those defensemen that definitely his game came up came on later mm-hmm. on in his career yeah um i mean let's pull up can you pull up geo's uh statistics year by year and just see where he was at at, at a similar age um and we'll take a look at that. So, this is kind of where Hanafi gets interesting to me is that he was to be a top three pick for the 2015 NHL entry draft. Was he five or three? Yeah, I think he was five. He was to be a top three. Oh, he was to be, okay. Yeah. And then he was the number one rated defenseman. Mm-hmm. So, he ended up going fifth overall. And can you also pull up that draft, dude? 2015? You're already on it. Beauty. Um, so... McDavid and Eichel go one and two. Yeah. Mitch Marner went number four. Dylan Strome went number three. So I didn't, he, he was the first defenseman picked. Yeah, he's the first D-man. Comparably, the next defenseman was Provorov at seven and Zach Wierenski at Would you eight. rather have Wierenski or Hanifin? Well, at this, well, you know what? It's not that different. Like, Wierenski has... To me, he... Wierenski's better. Probably. He shows more offensive... Yeah, flash. right now. Yeah. I'd probably take Wierenski, but I mean, who knows at this point? Yeah, and then there's Thomas Shabbat coming at number eighteen. What? Oh no, yeah, damn me. Yeah, and who did we draft? We this is the Dougie year. This is the one I always okay. say, hey, we could have drafted Aho. Right. Yeah. Okay, but so Hannafin, anyways, he played uh, for the USA Hockey's U17 program out of Ann Arbor, Michigan. And was added to the under eighteen national team. Yeah, he was good under eighteen. So he had a lot of international, like high level playing experience. Yeah. He helped. He won gold with USA in two thousand fourteen, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. Remember that. If you ever win a championship at a young age, then you have a taste of what it takes to do it Can in the big leagues. Being seventeen and like playing at that level. Oh well, God. see, this is the point. Like, he's done all this stuff at such a young age. Yeah. Like he has so much experience at such a young age. You got to think that at some point that's going to develop into something that bolts really well. I don't like that's. Where my optimist, my optimistic viewpoint comes from. Yeah, um, he was the highest scoring American defenseman of the tournament. Woo, with one goal and five points. <laughs> but still, I mean, wow. Um, so yeah, he played at Boston College as a seventeen-year-old. Well, yeah, I, like, and he was become the second youngest player in team history. Yeah, everything so he's done. Every he's done everything since a young age. Yeah. It's, so like that to me, like. Maybe he, you know, maybe he develops a little bit later. Maybe he comes into his own, you know? Like, again, if, you a, gotta, kid, if a kid can play in, the, think, in the National Hockey League at age 18... If you can play four seasons by age 22... Yeah. You got to think that all this experience is going to, like, just... You'd, you'd hope so. It's going to pay off at some point. You'd hope so. Like, he definitely has the ability, so... Okay, coming back to the, is he injury-prone or not? Um, he suffered a, a concussion uh, in 2018 in March... He missed just three games and then came back and scored the, the game-winning goal. His first game back. i got to be honest. I never watched him play for the Hurricanes, even though I do love the Hurricanes. So, 
All right, a little bit, a little bit of fun fact here. He grew up in Norwood, Massachusetts. He had two younger siblings. He's totally like a, a oh, American uh, hockey player, preppy American hockey Boston. player. Boat shoes in the summer with like weird. Like where's Norwood? Pink shorts. Where's Norwood? I don't know. In Massachusetts, somewhere yeah. closest to Boston. Probably. You like, probably grew up idolizing Boston College. One yeah, there. Totally. Played there. Like the guy's creative. He's like all American. Totally. Yeah. Boston collegiate guy. Yeah. Um, his father was diagnosed with colon and kidney cancer when he was thirteen. Oh shit. <laughs> wow, that really puts a damper on things, right? So, I mean, he played in a U.S. school. I don't really know a lot about his U.S. high school, right? And it's interesting, right? It's way it's like the U.S. is so different than, than Canada. Like when you're when you're a young guy, you like there's no high school teams. Like these are all prep school teams, right? But guys that are playing at a high level at a younger age, 15, 16, 17, are all playing at high school teams. And I remember, you were watching the Max Midget here in Calgary. There's um, always a team that came into town, Shattuck St. Mary. That's where everybody. That's where Sid went, isn't it? That's where Sid went. That's where our first, the first like dominate, dominating player was Zach mm-hmm. Brise. Wow. That was when I first saw oh, him. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like probably a 14 year old coming to watch Zach Brise just dominate the tournament. Yeah. And then he also had Eves, right? Patrick Eves. Patrick Eves. Patrick Eves. Yeah, he was his lineman, I think. Um, actually, I think Eves was the goaltender. Eves, I have no idea. Eves had a brother. All I remember is that picture of Crosby when he's got like bleach blonde hair playing for Shaddix. He looks like a dork. And then so there was a guy I played with. He's the, probably the best player I ever played with, mm-hmm. Ryan Duncan, growing up. Um, he won the Hobie Baker Award like a few years back. Never made it to the NHL. But he left um, Calgary to go play at Shaddix St. Mary. So, I mean, depending on where you're at, I think some of those schools are really elite. Mm. Like, and that's obviously if Sid Crosby, the track yeah, that Sidney Crosby, Crosby played there. Jesus. Right? So, um, some of these high school U.S. teams, they produce some pretty, pretty mm-hmm. good hockey players. Um, and fun fact, I actually played against Sid Crosby in the, what? In the, um, in, a, in the Max Midget All-Star Game. For real, Holy yeah. Shit. But Shattuck St. Mary was in the final the next day. So did he, he go to Shattuck? I feel like I've seen that. Yeah, a million he places. did. And then, so he only played one period. He scored like three goals in the first period. Oh, he's so good. Yeah, he was ridiculous. He's unreal. Do you want to do a quick like review of his season last year? Which guy? Hannafin. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, compared like compared to his, like again, I think he was fine last year, right? Yeah. What were we expecting? Like, yeah, I mean, for me, I was a little sour just because, like, I do love Dougie Hamilton. I think Dougie Hamilton is an elite NHL defenseman, and I was like, shit. Now we got this guy, and he's like, fine, but it's just like, we used to have Dougie Hamilton. Come on. Yeah. So I think he meshed very well with Travis Hamnick, like we said. Um, much, like, almost instantly. Like, how much better were they than the Brody uh, Hamnick pairing? Like, so much, much better. better. Yeah. Like, much better. Like, so, day. like, yeah. Yeah, like, so they were so much better. So, I mean, in, it's 2018, 2019. I think it's most of what we said, right? Like, um, compared to his time in Carolina, he, he got more, he was playing against tougher competition to an extent, and he, like, even Bill Peters had him um, with, with less offensive zone starts. So he was playing tougher minutes, which is good to see because he kind of held his head above water a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, and, and the other thing that jumped out to me was his ice time. Like, he had so much more ice time last year. Like, he played a ton. Like, if you look at his time on ice on 5-on-5, five five, yeah. 
like it jumped like almost 100 minutes that year so that was going to be the next point is like the guy not only has he played four NHL seasons he's putting yeah. up big minutes huge now. minutes so I mean that alone having a D-man that can log that many minutes is yeah. such an asset like his average time on ice jumped from 18 to like 20 just last year so um, yeah he, he's you know he's played a ton he's putting up a lot of minutes and this year it's encouraging that he's shown he can possibly play in tougher positions so and then, um, like I said, his his offensive rates were were pretty good, um, but his defensive, like his shot suppression numbers, eroded quite a bit playing against that tougher competition. So that's the one thing I really want to see next year moving forward is his his defensive work being a lot better, and if his offense could go up a little bit. Again, a decent offensive season in terms of in terms of creating shots, but he didn't really you know turn that into a lot. Like I think he was, I think he was fine, right? Yeah. What would you grade him? Like overall, like out of five or something. Like last year, like on an A scale. Oh, you know what? Scale. Growing up in in, or whatever, in high school like is only percentage wise. Really? So I'm gonna be like, That's out crazy. of five, because I don't I don't get the A plus and all that shit. But um, out of five, I give him honestly, I give him like a four point one. I give him like yeah, I give him a B. He was fine. See, I don't even know what like B means. Nothing. It's like eighty percent. Okay. It's like four or five. Right? Yeah, that's pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Okay. So I'd give him like a B for last year. Like again, he had a decent offensive season and his defensive name game needs some work. And um you know what? Like for me, like I think the game is so uh dependent on offense nowadays that I'd rather have a defenseman who is elite at creating transition and elite at entering the zone and elite at, not even elite, but like decent at playing yeah. offense and you know the defensive part will come because I'm always an offense first guy, but yeah. Okay, so I just pulled up. You probably have Geo stats right there. This is really interesting because it's so weird, hey? It is so weird. Like Geo exploded last year. Yeah, like exploded. Like exploded. So we're looking at. Then this is why I say like him. Noah Anafin. He had what do you know? Thirty three points last year. Is this his points? He didn't even have that many points last year, eh? Yeah. It's literally this year has been like he had he had those three years in like thirteen to sixteen where he was pretty good. Yeah. And there was that one year where he got injured. Well, he got injured two years in a row, but... So if you're looking back at Gio's career, he had 74 points last year, which is basically 20 points more than he's ever had before. He, he had three... Like Michael was saying, he had three years above 40, where he's between 43 points. And played like four, 60 games two of those years. So yeah. his points is... Like, I remember... That, I think that was the 13-14 year where, like, um, he probably would have won the Norris had he not gone hurt. Yeah. Yeah, and then maybe to a couple, a couple of seasons to recap. I mean, he only Gio only had forty points the last two seasons, other than last. Yeah, that's season. that's shocking. And you look at a guy like Noah Hannafin; he's at thirty three already. Yeah. So I keep coming back as like, if he can, if he can continue to learn what, and maybe this is, maybe I don't know. You always hear this, right? Having a Norris winning defenseman yeah. on your team, how much, how much did the rest of your defensive core learn from him? Right. So. Not only does it help your team win, but it helps your team win long term mm-hmm. because you have a guy like that in the locker room that people can model their games after. And they can see how they how they operate on a daily basis. So, I think Noah. If I was a Noah, I'd be like, "Hey, well, what, what did Geo do? What did Geo do last year? Yeah, how can I learn? Exactly. How can I model my game more like him? Because if totally. he, if literally if he can if Noah can just increase his even if he just increased five points, had extra five points each season, points. he'd be up to like. Yeah. I don't know, a 60-point D-man in the next, uh, by the year, end of his term. And, I mean, a 60-point defenseman, 
Shit, man. That's that's premier. That's a great defense. That's premier. Yeah. So yeah, that's all I'd say. Good offensive season. If he can improve on that, great. And he needs to work on his defensive game. Yeah. So I feel like Hamnick can help work on the defensive game. Geo can help work on your, you know, playing. Yeah, for sure. So I think I think we both agree. Like next year, he's probably slotted in with Hamnick again because that pairing was pretty good. Yeah, and you know what? If they can struggled just... in the playoffs. And again, like I will say, I'm skeptical of his defensive ability, but I mean, if he's playing with a guy like Hamannick, what do you think happened in the playoffs? I mean, oh, shit, everybody's man. numbers are skewed. Yeah. But if his was really skewed, that kind of he and Hamannick were quite bad. But why? What so do I don't know. I haven't looked at how much time they got stuck playing against the top line. That could be a factor, um, like especially on the road, because they got absolutely dominated on well, the road. Maybe like all those statistics come to that third game when. Shot, so shot like sixty to three. Like it could have been that they got stuck against the McKinnon line. Sometimes I don't know who knows like what happened. I, I don't know like I still haven't been able to quite comprehend other than like the defense. You know like we couldn't stop McKinnon and we just like he was just allowed to enter the zone so easily and do whatever he wanted. So yeah, I don't know. I feel like this is why we said he's similar to Sam Bennett. I feel like. Noah Hannafin is one of those players that can maybe easily and maybe seemingly effortlessly, he just blossoms into yeah. an exceptional NHL D-man. Totally. Because all he really has to do, because he's starting at such a young age, is just incrementally get better and yeah. better and better. And in five years from now, let's say he's putting up 60, 65 points. I mean... Yeah. Would you be that surprised? I would not. But again, would you... It's like the same with Sam Bennett, right? Like, it could go one of two ways. Yeah. He could be, like, a mediocre... Like, if he keeps up, like, not being great defensively and putting up, like, okay offensive numbers, he's an okay NHL defenseman. Yeah. Or he could turn into, like, a legit top four guy. Like, legitimate top four guy. Yeah. You can play on your top line. Or your top pairing. So, yeah, it's curious. I feel like if you compare the two players with Sam Bennett, like, Sam Bennett has the potential to have, like... A, a really extreme breakout whereas I feel like Noah Hannafin's more poised to just kind of be like incrementally get better I will say even though I have been skeptical of Hannafin I think he because uh, I've also been skeptical of Bennett I'm the skeptic I'm the don't know if you guys have noticed that but Mr. Skeptical over here I would say Hannafin the signs point towards Hannafin being a more effective player in his role than they and breaking out than they do I think to Sam Bennett being I think the, the signs yeah. point for Noah Hannafin being what he was drafted to be are are closer to what than like compared to Sam Bennett. Like yeah. if you look at his scouting summary, like somebody had said like he's a dynamic two way defenseman yeah. who's great skater, move the puck up the ice, undeniable skill. And how I would add to that what you just said, like, is I think that he could get there still. How I'd add to that what you just said is with Sam Bennett, I feel like the organization needs to take a bit of a risk on him right. in the next year two years mm-hmm. I mean they, it seems like they've already kind of taken a risk but I feel like as far as how they slot him in the lineup yeah. they gotta take a risk on him and if that risk pays off the reward is gonna be huge yeah. whereas if where you look at Noah Hannafin you don't have to put any risk at all yeah, just no. let him continue to develop but yeah, the reward's sure. not gonna be as huge and it's gonna be a really interesting case study for me and I might have to look into this because like we said like We've seen this massive shift in terms of young guys. Like, that's why everyone's so disappointed in Sam Bennett, right? He's 23, remember? But he hasn't shown, like, he hasn't even been anywhere close to what we thought he was going to be. So then we just write him off, right? Like, oh, he's done. So with defensemen, like, maybe it's a little different. Like, even though we've seen this massive shift in forward. So I'm going to, it's going to be really curious to see Noah Hanfin over the next four years. Yeah. Okay, there's your player profile, Noah Hanfin. There's Noah Hanfin. There's no happen. Who are we going to do next? We got a couple requests to do the goalies next. 
I think well, we should probably do them together. I did, them together I did a poll on Twitter. The, the highest rating was Mangiapane. Oh, okay. Ooh. Um, dude, I don't even know. How do you even start with a goalie? Yeah, and I said I, I have a hard time relating to D-Man. D- who, who knows how to relate to a goaltending position? No idea. I don't even know where to look. We'll do. We'll probably do, take some research to do that one, and we'll maybe probably do the goaltending. We're gonna try to do everybody. We'll do the goaltending. We'll do the tandem. tandem. We don't need to go each. Yeah. But yeah, maybe Munji Punny be an interesting one. Let us know. Leave a comment or send us a message. Send us a DM. Yeah. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're everywhere. 